you had to bring along the investors. You had to pitch it right. He learned trial by fire. And that's what most entrepreneurs have to do. Pitch it well, because you've got an idea that's new and it's complicated and not everyone's going to get it right away. Even the most savvy people. Welcome to Conversations on Startups, a podcast brought to you by Douglas Ross, author of the book Spark Click Go, How to Bring Your Creative Business Idea to Life, and Glenn Seward of Today's Great Idea, a radio series featuring over 300 origin stories of businesses, brands, and inventions that have changed the culture. Welcome to today's conversation. Hey, Glenn, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Doug. How are you? Ah, doing great. Doing great. Thank you. And uh, to our audience, welcome to another conversation on startups with Doug and Glenn. I'm Doug Ross, author of Spark Click Go. My partner in crime here, Glenn Seward. Yeah, I'm uh, Glenn Seward from Today's Great Idea. And we help people, of course, start businesses. And, you know, Doug, a key thing in starting businesses is telling other people about what you're doing, specifically investors and, you know, stakeholders and potentially clients. And that involves pitching. Absolutely. Great topic today. Very much so. Everybody gets kind of worked up about pitching, I find. that Oh, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be right. For sure, you want to do a good job. But the more you pitch, the better you get at it. That's my feeling. I agree with you there. Totally. So what's your thoughts on pitching? Well, in addition to that one, practicing, yes. I think of it as connecting with an audience. In this case, it's a small audience. It could be an audience of one, two, three people in a room. You could be pitching at a competition. So that would be a few more people, but you're really dialing into here. We're mainly talking about investors today. I divide the world of pitches into two things, those that are pitched at investors and everything else. So so let's focus in on the investor today. And, And I always start just like with any other conversation or a talk that you're going to give. I liken it to sales as well. You have to know your audience. That's where I start. So who are they? What have they done recently? What are they interested in right now? If they're investors, what kind of investments are they looking for? In other words, what types of companies, what stages are these companies at? What kind of size of investment, all that kind of stuff. Uh, That's where I start when I think about pitching. Well, and I think that's exactly right. It's all their interests and how they like to be pitched. I think on top of that is, do they like lots of information? Do they like not so much information? Who do they care about? Do they care about a team at the end of the day, which they most care about a team? you got to get the team right. You also got to think about what it is you're offering them. It's not about what you've got and how great it is. It's about what you're giving or what's the benefit, again, for that audience. Yeah, that's a really good point. And at the end of the day, it's an investment decision these folks are making. Very much so. So So why you, why do they take their limited dollars and invest them in you? Because they've got lots of other people to invest in who are very sharp and they've got interesting ideas, et cetera. Yours has got to stand out to them for some reason. And you've got to be clear on what you're talking about, very much so. 
Yeah, I just had an experience where it was a series of pitches. It was a pitching event. So there were maybe 10 companies or something like that. And I noticed after one of the pitches, in this case, each of the judges, and these judges are investors, that kind of thing, sponsors, they were assigned, okay, so Judge A, you're going to ask one or two questions after this pitch. And I could tell by the question, they didn't know what the company did. They could not name what the specific use case was because they asked about it. And it told me right away that that particular company that was pitching was not clear about what it was that they did. Oh my gosh, that's tough. You're listening to Conversations on Startups with Doug and Glenn. Thanks for joining us. Let's get back to the show. Well, Doug, in your experience, when you've seen pitches, and again, you've seen lots of them, what the actual document itself, how important is it? What should it look like? Well, a lot of the ones I've seen have been PowerPoint-based, so they're somewhat formalized. I think it should start with, well, the deck itself. Let me just answer that. I think the deck itself needs to be really crisp. It has to not be cluttered. And I mean, you don't have massive amounts of text suffering from what I call small font syndrome. That's not what you want in a pitch deck. You can put a lot of information in other materials, for example, a business plan, but your pitch deck, I think, needs to be pretty uncluttered, not a ton of text, use some good diagrams, minimize the number of slides you have to something like 10, 12, don't go crazy, but make sure you're covering the essential elements. And I would typically start with maybe the problem that you're solving, something that's going to draw in your audience right away and get them interested. What about you? What do you think for the actual material? I'm on the same wavelength. Less is more. So simplicity and there's going to be a bit of a wow factor, but lots of investors have seen lots. So, you know, don't try to be cute, be factual and be authoritative. If you don't know something, don't pretend you know something. You don't have all the answers. That's why you're looking for some money. And people want to help other people, especially if they realize you're close to being successful. So I agree with you. Start with what the problem is, what the benefits of your solution and why nobody else is solving it quite the way you're solving it. But like anything else, it's all about execution. You might have the greatest solution, but if you can't execute properly, that is a problem for investors. So people want to know you've got a team that can actually execute. So that focus on a little bit on the people and what experience they have that would allow them to overcome the hurdles that invariably are going to come forward. Yeah, I think that's right. It's not all about money. It's not about returns and, and, you know, we're going to be, you know, billion dollar corporation tomorrow. That's the nice part. The good part is you want to create a stable long-term business that is going to be profitable. That's what investors are looking for. And it's got scalability. Yeah. So you, you have to show those things. So some of the things we've talked about before, Get into what your gross margin is. Talk about your production plan. If you're just producing prototypes now, that's fine. You can even talk about the price that you've got, but say, here's our plan 
going forward to get that price down. This is the kind of margin we're looking at. I think that entices people. The other thing in pitches that really, you know, once you've got that hook and some of that other flesh on the bone that you just talked about, Glenn, is what evidence do you have that people need this? Who is working with you? So show whom you're working with. If you've got interest from some customers, show that. If there's partners, if you've had some previous investments, either grants or something else, talk about that and show how you're starting to make progress with your startup. That's really impressive and sets you apart from a back of the envelope type of pitch. Here's my idea, which is really only at the concept stage. Yeah, no, that's very good. In fact, that's a key point I tell a lot of people too. It's People want to know that they're not the first one to get in on this because the likelihood of that happening is very remote. Why, you know, people ask themselves, investors ask themselves, why am I the lucky one to see this presentation now? And what if I missed that other people might have seen and why they haven't invested in this business? So you have to overcome that a little bit by showing there's a juggernaut of people who are excited about this. And to your point, previous experience or they've, they've had some sales. There's a People are coalescing around the idea and they better get in while the, the timing is good. Yeah, they don't want to miss it. Yeah, absolutely. Timing is good. Why is this the right business, the right product, the right solution, the right people for now? Yeah, I completely agree with you, Glenn, on that. Now, some of the smartest investors in the whole world, you might have the greatest idea, but timing might be an issue. And the investors might be the wrong people, or they might be the right people, but they don't see it yet. There's you know, great stories about Xerox photocopier and how investors thought, well, why would I need a photocopier? People want, need photocopiers because they have the secretary pool to, to just re- retype stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so you have to get the investors into the right mindset. Hey, podcast listeners, we're going to take a short break now. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to invite your friends, remember to subscribe, and if you want to help spread the word, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Each episode of Conversations on Startups focuses on a single topic. If you want to comment on something you've heard on the podcast or suggest a topic for us to cover in a future episode, send an email to go at todaysgreatidea.com or douglas at sparkclickgo.com. Glenn and I appreciate you and hope you find our uncut and unrehearsed stories, perspectives, and tips helpful. Speaking of helpful stuff, let's pick up where we left off. Now, one of the stories I really like, today's great ideas, and these are stories, of course, about famous business brands or inventions. And and I don't tell you who it is until the end, so you'll have to guess on this one, Doug. I'm half wondering if I've told this story before, but I probably have. So you might, you might know the answer already. People forget, you know, in a good story, Glenn, people like there you go. more than once. So uh, I won't even tell you the guy's first name because I'm not okay. giving it away. So he's working for a company in New York City that makes these small appliances. And his number one customer, their, their client, is uh, Macy's department store. But their number two customer is a small little retail shop in Seattle, Washington. So he heads out there to find out why these guys are being so successful. And they sell these small appliances and they are doing gangbusters. At the end of the day, before he flies home, he says, I want to work for these guys. And they're not interested. But he keeps pestering them for about a year. And finally, they say, yeah, come work for us. And so they open a couple of shops selling these small appliances. 
And then this guy goes to Italy and um, comes back all excited about a great idea to be perfect for this you know, company. And the, the owners say, no, not interested. So what he does is he puts his pitch deck together and he goes out and uh, he pitches it to investors. And this guy is you know, savvy. He knows how to do a pitch deck. He gets down, turned down 200 times. And you know, rejection, of course, is a big thing. You got to learn from this. You know, what is it people right. are not seeing, right? <laughs> yeah. So finally he gets some investment and he opens, you know, five or six of these locations and they're very successful. And he buys up his, his previous guys. And then of course he expands everywhere. And do you know which company I'm talking about? Did it start in Pike Place? It did. You got, yes, it did. Does it have it's, to do with coffee? It has to do with coffee. The appliances were coffee makers and it is Starbucks, Howard Schultz. Perfect example of someone who has a vision, has an idea in an area that is relatively new that people aren't comfortable with it, that they're not aware of coffee shops like this, uh, like Starbucks was selling. And they were selling an experience as opposed to just selling coffee. So you had to bring along the investors. You had to pitch it right. He learned trial by fire. And that's what most entrepreneurs have to do. Pitch it well, because you've got an idea that's new and it's complicated. And not everyone's going to get it right away, even the most savvy people. So you just got to be careful. Well, you bring that up. And one of the ways I've seen people do this is they make it tangible in some way. So for example, I was working for a software company in uh, California. And when we pitched, we would have people join this URL and experience the product. And I can tell you, Glenn, that made a huge difference. Just anything oh, yeah. that's tangible, especially if you can do it pretty early on, get people involved. So in the case you just mentioned, Howard Schultz could have, you know, he could have had some of his coffee or he could have set up a little bit of staging where you've got a yeah. comfortable place to enjoy your coffee. Who knows what? I love that idea. You've got an experience in mind that you're going to be creating how are you going to do that? How are you going to scale and, and find these people that will jump into your idea? You know, I don't think it's... You'd mentioned earlier that you have these rejections and you have to learn from them. I love that. That's great. It's not just woe is me. It's learn from them. But also every pitch you should leave, in a, leave those folks and your relationship with those people in a, as positive a frame as possible. If they reject you. Ask them why. They are willing to tell you. These people are used to giving bad news, so they will tell you why. If you ask them correctly, you might learn something. There's always something to be gained, I think, from getting out there and, and pitching. You're listening to Conversations on Startups with Doug and Glenn. Merci pour nous avoir joignés. So, pitching. It is a wonderful sport. <laughs> you know, the best way to jump in is just jump in and keep learn from other people's examples. You know, look at pitch decks that are out there. There's lots of them. Read why they were successful. Some of them are successful, some aren't. And create your own and just keep working at it and honing it like a, a sculpture. Good analogy and, and good tip to have people look out there. There's an example on link about LinkedIn. <laughs> so not on LinkedIn, yeah. but about LinkedIn when they were early on in their growth. And they had just great numbers uh, that showed interest in the platform. 
and they brought this data out in their pitch decks. You can see it online. And of course, they attracted some uh, major investors and, and the rest is history, as we say. But yeah, that's a great tip to look online for other examples. Any other tips for folks, Glenn? No, I think start with that and see what happens. Less is more. <laughs> get, Less get, is more. Start, start simple and, and then get better and better. So. And be clear too, though, about what you're asking for. Okay, I'm asking for $10 million. All right, for what? You better be pretty clear about that or $1 million, whatever the amount is. How are you going to use that money? Oh, and one more important thing is exactly right is risk mitigation. How Mm -hmm. risky this is. If you're asking for $10 million, it sounds risky right to me right now. If (laughs) it's my $10 million, why am I giving it to you? You have to figure out, do the hard, heavy lifting for the investors. Make it easy for them to make a positive decision. That's a great uh, final word. Glenn, I think we should leave it at that. I don't know if if, uh, if you have an idea, something we can talk about next time, something cues. Just while you do that, I'll kind of wrap our session here today. But you know, we focused in on pitching to investors today. We talked about making connections. Glenn just mentioned keeping it simple. Less is more. All of that. Having some evidence in there. Talking about your team and why you're the right team and the right business for the time. So these are some of the things we talked about. And and you had a great example in there, Glenn, about someone who pitched more than a couple hundred times and obviously uh, ended up having a successful business. So we hope you've enjoyed today's conversations on startups with Doug and Glenn. Any thoughts for next time, uh, Glenn, or should we ask our audience? Well, we can always ask the audience for sure. And we're always open to that. I think an interesting subject, and we can talk about it some more, is what not to spend money on in a business. It's easy to spend money. You should spend it on this or that. But what don't you spend money on? And the easy one. I think one it's right a great there. one, Glenn. And sorry to interrupt you, but I, we've already covered that. We would have to refer. Oh, did to we do that already? Yes. Oh my God! <laughs> okay, I feel bad now. It's still a good topic. Well, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> my mem- my memory is going. So I guess really the subject will be next week. Let's talk about memory. What to do when people <laughs> lose their memory. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, funny. Okay. All right. We'll come come up up with with a topic for next time. Yeah. So it's been great talking with you, Glenn. Conversations on Startups is a production of Glenn Seward and Douglas Ross. We hope you're having fun listening, but mostly that you take action on your business idea. For more inspiration, visit our websites, todaysgreatidea.com and sparkclickgo.com. Another episode of Conversations on Startups will drop soon or is already available to binge. Thanks for joining us, and remember to subscribe and invite your friends. See you next time.